Hello, it's Christine here with the Express to Impress podcast. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation I had this week with Audrey and Abigail, the delightful hosts of the You Don't Say English podcast. You may remember hearing about their podcast in the episode, How to Learn a New Language. I love their podcast and recommend it to anyone curious about culture, language, and language learning. The You Don't Say English podcast helps language learners build communication skills by listening to real-life, spontaneous conversations in English. And that's what we had, a real-life conversation about cultural differences and their impact on communication, especially in interviews and the workplace. You'll also learn more about my background. I tell a story about a time I faced a big cultural shock and talk about some of the countries where I've lived and visited. If you have an interview coming up, I invite you to visit my website for my free five-step job interview preparation checklist. This checklist has helped thousands of people worldwide perform well in interviews and get jobs they love. To sign up, visit my website at express-to-impress.com. And a quick reminder that you can subscribe to receive notifications whenever I release a new episode. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all other major podcast directories. Now, here is my conversation with Audrey and Abigail. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 48 of the podcast You Don't Say. And today is our guest episode, a guest interview episode, I should say. We have Christine from Express to Impress. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. So happy to be here. So I asked Christine to come and um, talk to us today because I've been following her podcast, which I really think is great for um, not necessarily only English learners, but lots of people who want to have great CVs and prepare themselves for job interviews. Um, But on the other hand, to um, really improve their business communication skills. Um, And also, Christine has a wonderful experience living in different countries and experiencing different cultures. So I thought we could definitely have a good conversation. So let's get started. Christine, I'm curious because I didn't know that you'd lived in different countries. So which countries have you lived in? Sure. So I haven't lived in countries for for years, but I have lived in different countries for months, which has been a really fun experience. I've been in um, San Jose, Costa Rica, in Guadalajara, Mexico, um, spent quite a bit of time in Canada and in France, and then most recently in Brazil. Pretty wow. impressive, hey? <laughs> you never know where life is going to take you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a bit like, you know, we do our, um, every four weeks we do like a country spotlight and we talk about a different country and like, oh, where we, could we live there for like a period of time? You're a bit like that. You've lived in different places. and <laughs> so. ah, Yeah, well, and, and teaching online, working online, it, it really opens up some possibilities. So um, I've been really capitalized on that and enjoyed working abroad. So um, tell us a little bit about what you do now, um, your business and podcast. Sure. So I help people communicate in English effectively. And I specialize in working with non-native English speakers. So I have a background in teaching English. 
I also have um, a business background, so I've kind of combined those areas. So I help people speak in English effectively within their environment, within the different cultures they work with. Um, so I, I, I help people getting ready for interviews. That's the main thing I do. And a lot of that communication training is very helpful for once they get the job and they are interacting with their colleagues and need to be able to introduce their ideas clearly and concisely, for example, if they're working with an American audience. And, um, and I work with many of them once they get the job and they, they get started and they have some self-doubts, they're struggling in, in an international environment, and I um, help them prepare for those important speaking points and meetings or presentations. So yeah, I, I, I have some really ambitious um, students and clients, and I just try to support them how I can. So... So obviously you have, you know, a lot of, you try to help people to understand the American culture. Yeah. Um, so what sort of, where do you start when you're like, I don't know, with someone from a different country and you want to kind of help them understand the American way of doing business, maybe the corporate culture. Where do you start with something like that? Sure. So, and I will say that while many of my clients want to work for American companies in the U.S. or abroad, I also have clients who are, you know, working in the Netherlands with an international team and there's no American present. So my advice for anyone working with other cultures is to observe, listen um, and speak less. So at the very beginning, you really want to like, take notice of what's happening in your environment, how things are done how decisions are made, um, how people interact with people at different like hierarchy levels, how people share their ideas, how trust is built, how criticism is shared, um, because there's some very big cultural differences, even between different cultures that seem quite similar. So um, observing is, is one of the best things I, I, I suggest and then um, I always recommend a book, um, The Culture Map. I have it here with oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Erin um, Mayer does such a fantastic job of mapping out um, the different ways people from different cultures approach um, these different areas of communication and business. And it's such a helpful tool um, for 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 preparing for working in a different environment, cultural environment. Yesterday, I was um, showing a like an interview with her. Like she talked a bit about her book to a to a student because um, she has she manages multi um, she a global team and possibly she's going to have to add other countries on as well. So um, it was really just even her main points that she talked about were really helpful to her and you know that sort of. I think she mentions like the way of yeah listening and the way of interacting in a meeting, like how you should wait or interrupt in, in different cultures. Like just one thing like that can be really valuable. So. Absolutely. Yeah. She has so many great um, tools and, and suggestions. Um, and, and she also points out that there's basically massive misunderstandings happening constantly. So even when you learn the English language, learning how to use it within these different cultures that they're working with is, is important to their success and important to their happiness. Um, mm. so 
So it's, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And I try to translate some of that for, for, for my clients and students. So you, you've been saying that also you work with people that are looking to prepare for job interviews. Um, so what kind of advice do you usually give people when they are preparing for interviews? Sure. So, you know, it's, these are very important moments in people's lives and, um, it is usually highly competitive to get whatever position they're they're going after. So I work with job seekers. I also work with a lot of doctors who want to get accepted to residencies and fellowships in the U.S. And so they will invest an enormous amount of, of time and money before they ever meet with me to get ready for an interview. And, um, the stakes are high. And so I, I do suggest, you know, looking at it like a research project. You want to understand the company or the program really well. Um, and you want to know like what your job responsibilities will be, like the back of your hand. So really understanding that job description and, and really well. Um, and then understanding what you need help with. So if a person knows like, I'm not a great speaker, I, I, I'm introverted, I'm, I'm, I get very nervous during these moments, they're gonna wanna spend more time preparing on their own and, and working with a coach. If it's somebody who is, is quite good at interviewing and they are, um, feel comfortable speaking and uh, talking about their accomplishments and they have a great memory, can remember all sorts of stories from the past, which many of us don't. It's, it's very hard when you're asked on the spot to, to share those stories. Um, but for people who are already pretty good at interviewing, but they're not getting you know offers and they know there's something wrong, um, even just a couple of sessions with a coach can be helpful. Um, because they will point out things that it's it's impossible to know yourself. You know, we all have our blind spots. So just a couple of sessions can be very helpful. One where the coach points out all of these things happening um, with communication or with the content of the answers. And then they get a, another chance to meet and implement what they've learned. But I work with some people who who invest an enormous amount of time preparing for these opportunities of a lifetime. They might meet with me 10 times, you know, getting ready for, for this, these series of interviews that they have coming up. Um, and I have a checklist, a five-step checklist that walks them through the process to get prepared. I have an online course. So everyone who works with me, they get access to that online course. So that combination of like learning about the process learning all about body language, what makes a great answer, what's an appropriate length for an answer, and then getting the chance to practice that before the real deal um, helps people be more successful. Wow, it must be um, really satisfying to be able to help people that way, no? Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm inspired by the people I work with, for sure. They really put themselves out there, and and I just try to you know, help them continue to improve and learn through the process, but they're the ones doing the hard work. Yeah. And so what would be like one of your, I don't know, favorite success stories? Um, I would say I had a, a client from Brazil working in France and his wife had already got a job in Miami. And so he was applying and interviewing for a job in Miami 
and the stakes were high. He wanted to reunite with his wife and mm-hmm. working with him and seeing him get a job offer after working together. That was really satisfying because it meant he got to leave France and go to America and start his life with his uh, wife. So that was very satisfying. Yeah, yeah that must mm-hmm. be wonderful. Oh, great. So, um, so having like um, different exposures to different cultures yourself, um, what's been a big culture shock for you in your life? <laughs> yes. So um, you might be surprised that this happened when I visited England. <laughs> but it was one of no. my <laughs> <laughs> sometimes these things are the most obvious like you know where the culture seems similar no you think yeah. you know the culture yeah. Yeah. these subtle differences can make such a big difference well I was I was young I was at, at university and I wanted to travel to England to visit one of my friends who was studying abroad there and uh, I I was definitely um, an, an experienced traveler I started off the trip by going to the wrong city. (laughs) Uh, The students in the program were in a program called like Oxbridge, which is this combination of like some of them were in Oxford, some of them were in Cambridge. Hmm. So I, you know, I'd been a long flight, overnight flight. I arrive and I say, I need to go to, I say, Cambridge. Well, I was supposed to go to Oxford. And, you know, I realized this trip is taking too long and I get there and I have to find my way back to Oxford. And I was completely ill-equipped. I I won't even go into how ill-equipped I was, but I will say I was carrying around a 50 pound luggage, you know, Mm. with me. And I had never used trans public transportation. It's, it's not very common in Mm. the Midwest and I was by myself and I could not figure out that bus schedule for the life of me. And the most surprising thing was when I asked people for help, I could not understand what they were saying to me. Wow. I was looking for a yes or no, like, will this bus take me to Oxford? And I would just start talking so fast and I just was looking at them and I couldn't believe I couldn't understand the English that they were saying. Wow. And I felt um, really silly. I felt dumb. I felt like mm. I can't believe I can't figure this out. Um, and I started to feel like this sense of defeat. And I missed bus after bus to Oxford. And eventually, this uh, little old lady from, I don't remember what country she was from, but she wasn't um, from England. She noticed I was having troubles. She brought me a warm scone. She brought me hot tea and escorted me onto the last bus to Oxford of the day. Oh, wow. It was just such a, you know, a welcoming present at that moment. And and I eventually got more accustomed to the accent, but it it took almost a week for me to really Mm -hmm. be able to communicate effectively. Um, and it was so fun, but I was just shocked by how different um, the accents were. Wow. That's you're not the first American that I've heard say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's just the accent or just some of the vocabulary that we use as well. It's just mm-hmm. a bit strange. Yeah. No, you do. Like, and you think you know, like, the vocabulary differences, but it's not always, like, mm-hmm. it's so clear. 
I, I had the same going in the US as well, like just sometimes like being confused about like going to the pet, like to get gas, I should say the petrol station, but like, you know, like you want gas or just like asking questions that I didn't know exactly what they were. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're not alone. Changes in vocabulary do make a difference. Yeah. yeah. And some of them, they are just, oh, that's interesting, you know, but you don't have to know. So I remember a, um, I had held the door open and somebody said, cheers. And I was like, huh, well, I, you know, like if we, I would say cheers, but I wouldn't use it in any other context. So that was more of like a fun discovery, but the challenge is when you need to understand, (laughs) you know, that vocabulary so that, yeah, you can make it to the gas station or you can get on a bus to go to another city. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. What about like, um, maybe a client who you've been able to, I don't know, like for example, at the moment I'm working with a student who's about to start a project with Indians. Mm -hmm. So we're kind to try to, um, she has to manage them and they're like the, the developing software for the company. And she hasn't actually thought about the Indian culture yet. So I've been kind of like starting to show us some articles and talk about what could be, challenges and and think about have you um got an example exactly where maybe yeah someone didn't realize something was happening but then with kind of like cultural training you are able to help them be more effective in their job yeah let me think about an example here um so i would say um this is a small thing but um many asian cultures the focus is on speaking and listening. Whereas with uh, American English, the speaker bears the responsibility for good communication. But in many Asian cultures, the communication style is more um, sophisticated, nuanced, and you need to be able to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. And so for many of the like Korean or Chinese or Japanese doctors that I work with, I have to really work with them to completely change their communication style so that they are answering in a more direct way mm-hmm. instead of kind of this roundabout way where a good listener could gather the lesson that they're sharing or the point that they're making. Um, I also work with them on on pausing where they actually pause, uh, some of my clients pause more than Americans. And Americans are not the always the best listeners. We're not the most Mm. patient. So now I, I, I advise that you let the person know you're going to be thinking great question. I just need a moment to gather my thoughts Mm. and take some time to think, but it is um, more normal in in Asia to, to have these pauses. But Mm. unfortunately, if they're interviewing with an American, the American is going to interrupt them. Um, it's what they might perceive it as a lack of confidence. They could, it could, you know, kind of damage the communication that's happening. And it's mm. simply a difference in, in, in cultural communication style. So those are a, a couple of the things that I, I've worked with clients. Mm-hmm. And, so that's nice. Like a little tip, like I'm, I'm going to pause. I, I would normally pause and think and silence is okay, but exactly to sort of, find a middle ground between the American and the Asian way. It's like, I'm just, just let me think about that or 
maybe buy time? Like, oh, that's a good question. Let me think. Sure. And try to, yeah, sort of find a bridge between the two. Yeah. And that's what a lot of it is, is, is recognizing there's a difference and then finding that bridge. Uh, another thing I suggest is explaining what you're doing. Because even though it may seem obvious, if you are giving like negative feedback to somebody from a different culture, that's an area where there's big differences in how negative feedback is given. Mm -hmm. And it's very surprising to people how Americans give negative feedback, because normally we communicate directly, clearly, uh, almost in bullet form sometimes. But when it comes to giving feedback, we're very like um, uh, cautious, mm. and we always start too with, diplomatic. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, we're more <laughs> diplomatic, mm. and that leads to uncertainty for some people. They want mm. to know, like, have I messed up? Do I need to do something better? Mm. I'm not sure because my boss just gave me two compliments and only one slight criticism. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. In that case, I would suggest, you know, that the person when they're giving, you know, um, feedback to let the person know what they're doing. You know, I'm going to give you some constructive feedback. I'm going to give you some coaching. Um, I, you know, I'll also let you know what you're doing well. Then the person walks away with an understanding that that was an unusual way of receiving, you know, feedback or criticism. But that's what the intent was. So... Hmm, nice. So, Abby, do you have any other questions? Um, I do think so. I, I guess my last thing is really like, where next? Are you going to go? Where are you planning to travel to, if anywhere? I don't know. I mean, it's a bit hard at the moment. but Yeah, well, I, I loved my time in Brazil. I spent almost seven months there. Um, I had intended to travel worldwide. Um, I had all these places in Europe I was going to visit, but um, when I arrived in Brazil, it was at the start of the coronavirus. And so I ended up staying there because all the borders closed, all my plans got canceled. So I really fell in love with the language and I, I envisioned myself going back. Um, so right now I'm, I'm working on my Portuguese. I have a language exchange partner and I want to go back and see my friends and, you know, speak with them in more Portuguese than I than I could when I was there last year. Oh, I mean, you've got time to get ready, yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you won't be moving there yet, but no, that's, that sounds great. So, and where, where would you like to go in Brazil? Um, so, a place called Vila Vela. Uh -huh. It's a place that's very popular for um, volleyball. I play a lot of volleyball and uh -huh. um, they have like their Olympic athletes come from this. They train here so you can watch some really top level volleyball. Um, yeah, it's a fun place, but a lot of it was um, shut down while I was there. So mm -hmm. you get to see like you know, the full Brazilian, Brazilian culture. I want to go back and experience the music, experience more of the food and, and community there. Uh, we did a lot of communicating from our balconies, actually, because we were uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, I'd love to go back. Wow, sounds good. Okay, I think that's it. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. Christine. Thank you. <laughs> all for today. I hope you enjoyed learning about cultural differences and communication during my conversation with Audrey and Abigail. 
It was a lot of fun and I can't wait to have them on the Express Chim Press podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Express Chim Press podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please remember to share it with a friend. See you next time. Bye.